0: Welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guests to the show today, Tim and Michael, who are the co-founders of Latte. Hey, gents. Welcome to the show. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to talk more about Latte. Uh, But before we do that, if you wouldn't mind, can you share a little bit more about each of your respective backgrounds and how you got to where you are today?
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll kick it off. Um, So yeah, so I'm Michael. Um, my background as a founder is uh, very much in the social media space. Um, so back when I was at school, I was building social media communities, mainly on Twitter. Had some success, uh, grew on to 140,000 followers. This then led to me joining the founding team of Social Chain. Um, so what we did at Social Chain was pull people from all around the country who had these big social media pages, which back in 2014 was very few people, um, and we kind of teamed up to essentially. Uh, Go viral on on Twitter. So what we would do is we would have all our, all of our accounts with millions of followers across multiple different verticals, and then we would uh, work with the brand, and they would pay us to promote their product. And what we would do is we would all post about this product at the same time, um, and then we'd all retweet each other. We'd create um, kind of we'd we'd post it from our own platforms as well, and essentially we created we created these things called a thunderclap, uh, which meant that anything we wanted to talk about would go viral um, instantly in trend on Twitter. Um so that was kind of like my, my real start into the into the the founder founder world. I then went on to build a student focused media publisher. I grew this to eleven million followers, 10 million on Facebook, million on Instagram. Um, we were doing billions of video views every single year on social. Um kind of crazy. Hi the team and um, went from being like a social media page to a global media brand, had videographers, editors, had an editorial site. We were doing three million monthly visitors on the editorial site as well. Um, so that was this whole social media kind of time of my life and then I transitioned I decided to transition completely and go into the engineering the tech world so I self-taught as an engineer Um, main focus on iOS apps released loads of different iOS apps um, the main one that gained traction was a mental health app for Gen Z uh, this grew to 10,000 users we were revenue generating uh, this was a kind of a, my real first taste of like being a founder in the social media space and having social media pages is one thing, but being a tech founder is a completely different uh, story. Um, it's the challenges are the, the excitement is much higher, but at the same time, the the challenges are uh, like much more amplified, yeah, um, bigger,
0: right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah, I love kind of like, um, the space and that's kind of like what, um, Tim and I are doing now is, uh, combining social media with tech. Um, so yeah. Very
0: cool. Thank you, Michael. Tim, how about
2: on your end? So yeah, uh, I'm Tim. I am a self-taught AI slash ML engineer who also used to be a corporate lawyer. So I graduated from law school back in 2017, I believe. I was a corporate lawyer for two years, during which I didn't actually do much law. Instead, I spent most of my time um, teaching myself how to program, um, especially on the machine learning side. So that has been my primary focus for around three and a half years now um yeah and after after i quit my job as a lawyer i actually tried my hand at starting a legal tech startup i was trying to solve a problem that i encountered every single day as a lawyer which was trying to find really accurate documents that match whatever i was trying to look for so essentially i looked i built a legal tech search engine with the then state of the art techniques in neural search and information retrieval that did not take off. Um, I it was very difficult to align the um, the incentives of the partner levels at the law firm um, at, with the incentives of the associates who are the one who are supposed to use the software. Um, less time doesn't necessarily equal better um, for law firms. That's all I'm going to say. But you know, after that, I joined Entrepreneur First, which is a pre-seed accelerator, pre-seed incubator of sorts. Um, it's kind of like a co-founder matching program Um, you go in without an idea without a co-founder and that's where michael and i met and um, that's where we started the journey of a latte
0: very cool thank you tim sounds like you both have great experience that has probably led to what's helped you in terms of the success you've had with latte so far which is where i'd like to go next Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about what latte is who it's for what it does Uh, i'd also like to know where the name came from so wherever you want to go uh
1: tim do you want to um go for the for what latte is and then i'll go i'll go through the name after
2: so the current version of latte is um you can kind of think about it as a highlight extraction um, engine for video content so you can put in a video a piece of video maybe upload an mp4 file or paste in a youtube link and uh, it could be anywhere from 10 minutes to four hours even and we would give you automatically the 10 uh, 10 parts which we think are the most engaging and captivating parts of your video and then we turn that into um, verticalized reformatted clips perfect for posting on youtube shorts tiktok as well as instagram reels we also add subtitles for you which are um accurate to the word level um so essentially you can go from one long video to 10 postable clips on all your socials and that is the current version of latte
0: powerful stuff
1: yeah i think i think uh, we'll maybe talk a bit more about where we're going uh later on in the, on the in the podcast um because we've kind of got big plans to to kind of go from where we are now to, to where we're going um and in terms of the name um so this was a process that we're quite proud of internally um it was essentially something we, we came up with um and so we both we gave each other three days and we both had to come up with 30 names for the company in, in that three days Well, we couldn't communicate Well, we could communicate in, in, in general sense, but we couldn't kind of share any ideas about the names with each other. Um, and then we regrouped, we put them all into a notion document, and then we then had five minutes where we could both choose our top five of each other. So I chose my favorite of Tim's and I chose my favorite of mine as well. Tim did the same. And then we put these we pop and pasted them at the exact same time into um into the notion document. and so then basically what we had was we had an overlap. I think it was about seven names that we'd both um that we'd all we'd both chosen. um so we knew these were kind of like our our top seven, but then we kind of went more down a, a scientific route. so as well as um just liking the name, we want to make sure that it's gonna be like is other other startups called this? Are there um is it get yeah, is as much competition in within this freight in our specific field? Um what domain can we get is is another big one. Um and then also um there was the final layer, which was asking uh, AI. So we actually then once we had kind of like three left, we then asked AI to describe um which one would be the best company name. So very much true to the, the like the, our whole <laughs> within the company is AI first, everything. Um and yeah, so that, that's how it came about.
0: That's great. What a cool story. Awesome. How about the elements in terms of so I'd love to learn a little bit more in terms of where you came up with the idea for lattes and you know, how did you uncover this as a problem worth solving? And then also who it's for, like who who is this product for so far?
1: Yeah. I mean, so uh the where we're at with latte is is nowhere near where we started. Um so we So obviously I've got my background in social media, Tim, Tim Hazard is in AI, so we knew we wanted to do something at the intersection of these two ideas, but we just didn't know uh, where to start. And so the best way we could do this is is going to speak to potential customers. So we spoke to about 60 people over the course of three weeks in social media, marketing, freelancers, creators, uh, anybody who, who would speak to us essentially uh, and try to gather insights. And one thing that came up a lot was um, Twitter and LinkedIn personal branding content. And so we knew that this was a problem that people are having right now. They want to be personal branding is such a key part of marketing now, uh, and people just don't have the time to do it. They don't really know where to start. They don't have ideas. And so we initially solved this problem by creating a WhatsApp based chatbot. Um, So this was uh, essentially you just tap one link. It automatically opens WhatsApp, you're chatting to Latte, and then it just guides you through the process. So I'll say, um, like welcome to Latte. What kind of post would you like to create today? And there's just a few options. So we really kind of constrained it based on what we know. We we essentially categorize it by what we know does well on social. So um is it like a, a product announcement, a product update? Is it some exciting news? Is it some insight? Um, or is it like a recent memory? So we cast we we'd find these four categories kind of like the key four the most important posts to to post on on Twitch and LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, so, so then, uh, and then, then it essentially guides you through the process. So you click what type of post you want, you click which platform you want to go on, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn, and then we'll generate the post to you and it's all done within this WhatsApp chatbot. Uh, we launched it to a lot of success. We had 70 people signed up. I think it was on the first day, uh, using the product. Um, but then we had like a, our first existential threat as a company, uh, which was two weeks later, chat GPT launched. Um, and so we essentially. There was uh, definitely a point of kind of like trying to push through it, uh where we we're like, "It's okay, like we have differentiation." And but about a week, I don't know how, what was the time frame. From like, I can't remember from seeing Chat GPT and then eventually realizing that we have to. I can't remember like the the difference in, in that time frame, but yeah,
2: <laughs> I think we both had sort of a horrible feeling in our gut that something is about to go wrong, um, and. You know we're much better at acting on these hunches nowadays, um, but maybe back then it took us two weeks um, to realize, okay, um, this is not the direction we want to go against directly. Um, so we went back to the customers, trawled through all of our um, documents of what we, you know, all the conversations we've had, as well as like did a fresh round of customer development, talking to users, um, talking to people, and then we uncovered another problem, which is also in the social media space um which is you know short form video repurposing and you know podcasts are quite um it, it's is quite a good marketing channel these days and um the best way to promote podcasts possibly one of them is to create these short engaging snippets to post on multiple social media accounts um so that's where this current version of latte came from but we've since realized that you know There is a lot of problem with video itself, like video content itself. And there's a lot more to be solved um, along multiple axes, um, at different scales for different customer groups as well. So um, yeah, we are going to be solving a lot
0: more of those coming soon. Sounds it yeah, there's a lot here to unpack in addition to so number one, it sounds like you have luck similar to mine in that (laughs) you just found a good problem, did the research. And then pretty much right away, world changes very quickly uh, based on chat GPT and things like that. But uh, a couple of things I would definitely commend you and your efforts thus far is like the work you did initially to do the research, to find the problem worth solving was great. And you were making good traction there. Also responded well to like threat of new entrance, kind of competitive perspective there, as in when, you know, the chat, the open AI language models started to reach widespread adoption probably to your point and i would probably agree with that approach as well too makes more sense to reevaluate do we want to continue to pursue this given how you know other options have changed at the moment but then didn't you know no media panic or anything like that i mean sure i'm sure there was at least some initial basically moments where you're like oh now what (laughs) but go back to what you did initially in order to find another, you know, another problem worth solving, uh, same cohort, more interviews, that type of thing. That process I've seen work really well for a lot of folks. And you found potentially even bigger opportunity, having gone back and done that uh, done that now, and then essentially kind of brought made it into what it is today, which uh, is, you know, that's pretty much a, a great way in, in terms of how to respond there and figure out how to move forward, given, you know, changes that just happened from time to time. Um, So I'm curious to get your perspective both on, you know, being where you are now, love to learn a little bit more, of course, in terms of what the traction has looked like for the current version of the latte, um, you know, performance and all those types of things. But would you have done anything differently that you've done um, thus far? Or do you think that that was the right move?
1: I think think Tim kind of touched on it, but I think um, we would definitely have moved a lot quicker. I think we it was, it was like that crazy thought where we're like oh but we're we're five weeks into this now this is it's too late to change and like having that resistance when five weeks is like literally the the smallest amount of time possible in a startup um, and also what you can achieve in another five weeks can be um, like insane um, so I th- I think in hindsight we definitely would have moved quicker like we still release new features for this the current product we even launched an iOS app after all, all this uh, came out um and I definitely think we were, were too attached to to the concept um and but, but we've we've since learned from them um there's more existential threats happening all the time uh and we're we're really trying to think more long term um and also and and then and then observing the market which is moving at insane speed pace like the, the the speed of ai is just kind of unimaginable um so i think we have to be even more on top of this um than a lot of other founders working in different industries because they have more time to kind of um, make these decisions but we really just have to like when we send something we have to really like immediately we'll chat we'll think like what does this mean do we have to change direction what, what how do we respond here so um yeah I, I, w- I wouldn't say we did badly, but I think we've already learned a really good um, lesson uh, in terms of like, like observing, observing the trends and, and acting quickly.
0: Very good. Yeah, that's great. And agreed. So talk to us a little bit about what traction has been like so far. So since the new version of latte has become available, what uh, does adoption look like? What does usage look like? You know, are you generating revenue? What does that progress look like? Talk to us a little bit about that kind of progress.
2: You to enjoy it. Can we go ahead. So, um when we first launched the very first version of latte, um well latte Video, which is our existing product, this was back in um early January. And on our very first day, we had seventy signups or around or ninety. And you know all the servers were failing. So we had to immediately, Patch a bunch of stuff just to handle the load, and since then we've grown our user base to over one thousand and four hundred users, um, and we, you know, a significant proportion of them are paying as well. We're currently at three thousand and four hundred uh, monthly recurring revenue, and um, we used to be able to grow at a pace of around thirty percent week on week, um, but that number will likely be more difficult because you know of how you know ex- exponentials. They, they just it's very difficult to keep up with that with that rate. Um, but on a month on month basis, we're, we're still doing very well um, in terms of usage and retention rates. Uh, we have noticed that um, for a specific group of customers, um, they have pretty much never turned and they um, their usage rates are quite um, positive. So how we measure usage, we measure usage by um, seeing how many videos they upload over the course of a week or a month as well as looking at how many videos they actually download um, which essentially is a signal for how good a, a, um, a video outputted by a latte is so i think um, for every video we do um, for every video we process the average amount of videos downloaded from that video um, would be around three clips i know i said the word video a lot of times um, <laughs> But um, in terms of that, we think, you know, out of that, let's say the 10 clips um, we provide to our users by default, at least three of them are just like directly postable on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. Um, and that number is very likely to just like keep going up um, as our algorithm gets more and more mature and more and more sophisticated. Yeah. Don't know if you have anything else to add, Michael.
1: Yeah, I think I think, so. I think now in terms of weekly active users, um, we're about... 75% of all paying customers are using the product every week. Um, so this is a, a, a very important metric to us. Um, but we're so I think yeah, t- Tim touched on this also in terms of like a specific segment. Um, and so the segment which isn't churning is marketing teams. Um, so when we launched, and mm-hmm. well, what is the very obvious um thing to think is that this is a product for creators, because when you think of content and video content, you think of creators. Um but what we realized is that. These don't necessarily make um like the best customers for us because we we are not necessarily a cheap product. Um we offer a lot of value. Um and we also have a high high costs on our end because there's so much processing, there's so many different layers. We have our own mm-hmm. GPUs, we have um multiple different kind of API layers and then different we have GPUs for different tasks as well. So it all adds up. Uh, and so because of this, we we're not kind of like a five pound subscription. We are $20 minimum subscription which is kind of above the threshold of a lot of creators especially when it's hard for them to there's, there's not like um an immediate they're not going to post one video they're not going to use latte post one video and then suddenly they're uh, viral on on social they have yep. to do it consistently over the period of weeks and months and years and this is something that's quite hard for most creators um for the for the majority of creators who are just doing it for fun and just doing it as a hobby they they just they're just doing it for the passion. They don't really want to turn it into a job and by subscribing to software that they have to pay for, that that it's all becomes kind of just not aligned with with why they're doing it. Um so this is why we're shifting towards marketing teams and then really focusing on how can we solve the, the full picture for marketing teams. Because once you go into teams, there's there's the creation's not the only part that matters. There's also the collaboration, the storage, the distribution, the analytics. Um and it becomes a much more complicated problem but it also means that we can offer a lot more value to our customers as well
0: fantastic a super exciting journey thus far uh checking a lot of the boxes that i think a lot of people want to when they think of creating their own startup which is which is cool and exciting uh, And i know michael this is a big part of your background as well too in terms of social media activity getting a lot of that growth uh, which element is really important especially in the early stages of a startup I'm curious, because I imagine the audience has these questions as well, too, is what, if anything, did you do to get that many users onto your platform that early, that quickly, and then grow from there? Like How how have you enabled that thus far? Any particular tactics or strategies that worked really well for you?
1: So in terms of kind of my, my previous experience in social media and building communities or with Latte?
0: Uh, I would say in terms of what has enabled you to grow so quickly. Or grow the latte user base and customer base so quickly so like that first day or when you launched how did you get you know i think it was like 70 or something you may have mentioned tim in terms of folks that used it on the first day and then how did you grow from there to the hundreds to the thousands so quickly it sounds like that happened in short succession like was that all organic or you know how did you get the first wave and then how have you like what have you invested in to kind of grow uh user you know acquiring users and then converting those to customers from there
1: yeah, for sure. So um, it's really rooted in kind of the Latte origin story, I guess, because uh, the first problem we were solving was personal branding on Twitter and LinkedIn, and so we thought the best way to market this product is by embodying the product. And so every single post we did, we created with Latte itself, uh, and so Love we we, would, we we stuck to this, and we we made a, a hashtag hashtag made with Latte, um, and then we, we 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 teased the product before it was launched. We started to hint towards things. And then when it was out, we were um, posting about it. Um, we were creating posts about Latte that were made with Latte, uh, making sure that people knew. We were doing demos of us literally creating the post that they're reading. Uh, they're watching it being created through the WhatsApp. Um, and so it was really kind of embodying product. And so we we built, I guess, um, kind of a following of people who were engaged in what we were doing because we were so consistent and and people were like, checking in to see what was happening. So... Um, we definitely had quite an engaged following, even though our followings are fairly small, like 4,000, 3,000 uh, like connections slash followers on LinkedIn. Um, we made this into quite an engaged pool. So when we posted, and then a the big thing for us was kind of having these launches. So we're always like launching, it's like, this is a big latte launch, and we'd create a demo video, um, and just kind of really help people see it immediately, uh, really help them see that magic moment immediately. And then also i think a big thing was in the early days was easy onboarding so with latte whatsapp you just tap one button and you're in straight away with latte video it was just click the website two clicks and then you can have your videos so it was really in the early stage keeping it open so that people can test it and people can use it and get to that magic moment quickly um as we've grown we've we don't have to do that so much um and we have more we have like a the onboarding is still very easy, um, but it's not as kind of like you have to sign up now. You can't just kind of go in and use it. Yep. Um, but I think it's so important in the early days that you don't want to kind of create these barriers. You just want mm. people to use it quickly, see what it's about. And then that starts to lead to word of mouth. And people start telling people about it. Um, oh, okay. Then we've also done some link, uh, some Twi- um, TikTok advertising. Uh, so creating several videos on TikTok, one of them gained 30,000 views in the space of a week. And then this resulted in a spike of 700 users in a week, um, which is very exciting. Um, But it it led to a lot of kind of problems. Um, People found out about the product who didn't have the best intentions. And they started Mm. essentially uh, manipulating the product. They found some vulnerabilities in in our system. And basically they were getting unlimited videos uh, for free. So we had to act quickly on that. We had a very large cloud bill uh, following that week. Um, and so, we, yeah, we, we've now, so that's also been a factor. So, yeah, there, there was, um, we could we could have kept it open. We could have kept pushing these TikTok ads and, and gained loads of users, but users is not our focus. We're focused on, mm-hmm. will people pay for this? There's a huge, huge difference. Um, and so we didn't want to just chase these vanity metrics, which is so easy to do. Um, I think, especially as a first-time founder, um, in, in my last startup, I, I very much chased that. It's like, how many users can we get? Because then we can sell this vision that we're going to gain all these users and then we're going to figure out a way to monetize it. Um, but we wanted to, uh, well, what we've realized from, from our previous founder experience and and what's the, the proper way to build a company is don't kid yourself, like focus on the key metric, which is revenue and are people going to pay for it now? Um, so that's been like fundamental to, to yeah, to, to kind of our yeah. our.
0: Yeah, that's an astute observation, I would say for sure. I've been there so many times uh, with others as well, too, that I've helped and oftentimes need to try to get back to basics as much as possible, because in the end, what we're really trying to do here is not grow something just to grow it, right? We're trying to create a healthy business, right, which should come with revenue and profitability and all the things that a healthy business should have. So I think that's really important to underscore that fact. Because oftentimes it's not focused on as much as it should be. A lot of folks are going after this kind of what I refer to as the unicorn approach, trying to just grow big. And, you know, there's a whole subset that wants to do things that way. I don't largely understand it or feel anyone should because the numbers are just abysmal (laughs) in terms of actually being able to achieve success that way. I love the approach that you guys are taking thus far Uh, and basically, you know, following. Where is there opportunity to generate customers that are going to get value, that are going to receive a return, that you can also generate proceeds from and build a healthy business into it. So I think that's all exciting. And uh, I've also used the product as well, too, which I'll share for the users as well, too. And the product is fantastic. I think the output is excellent. Uh, the experience was fantastic as well. Also, give you a lot of points for, Michael, as you were describing, kind of the early stage version of getting immediately into the product. It was very seamless, very easy to kind of get into and and actually experience it. As you mentioned, the kind of the magic moment and that aha moment. I think that's a that's an important element for folks that oftentimes when people are starting creating startups, especially on the software and tech side, try to add too much to the experience and that can convolute or actually get in the way of your users having that moment. And that's really what it's all about, because once they do that creates the virality, that you know sets off light bulbs in their head about being able to use it, that enables them to develop it in terms of habit and all these kind of beneficial things for everybody involved. So I think that's a really great strategy as well. Also, it's like, make sure you're focused on the objective at that step, right? Don't try not to do too many all at once. And then once you get the data you need to confirm whether or not you're able to move past that, that's when you could prepare kind of for the next one from there, which is uh, kind of where I was going to go next. You've alluded to this a little bit thus far, but I'm curious to learn more about what plans you have in terms of where you take Latte from here. Um, what's on the you know, what's on the menu, what's on the roadmap, like what are you thinking in terms of the product? Are you digging any additional pivots or functionality? Um, yeah, curious to learn more.
2: I think a special property of early stage tech startups is that you're always kind of re-honing your focus at every step of the way. You always receive new information from different stakeholders, different parties, different customer bases. And you just have to try to make the best decision you can in light of imperfect information, which is why um, we are going to laser focus on, let's say, marketing departments and really try to understand the full scale of their problems um, with video management, with video creation. And we're going to build the tech that enables them to become um, essentially superhumans, super, super. Like super departments like um ai augmented marketing departments um to do video marketing essentially um, it's um we sometimes a lot of the time we would think we have a long-term vision um which is is extremely important but we do recognize that sometimes the vision may have to change in light of what we find out about our customers um and well, not change in massive ways, but slight adjust, adjustments would be needed. Um, so we're going to essentially let the customers who the product out of us um, to solve, maybe let's say there are two most painful or three most painful problems first, and then just do that, just launch a quick and dirty MVP, um, or you know, since we already have a product, I'll just launch um, additional features that may not be perfect, but just to prove out the hypothesis that this is something that is actually adding value to our customers. Um, so in, in, in terms of the long-term, we envision a world where you know, um, video editing technology will enable anybody to become a video editor. Um, anybody, regardless of experience, regardless of software um, expertise, you know, they would be able to create compelling videos from raw footage Um, We think that this ability will enable marketing departments to be able to churn out extremely high value, uh, high quality content as well. Um, At the end of the day, it's about, you know, their ultimate, um, the ultimate goal they want is um, brand awareness as well as uh, engagement, as well as reach. And we think that, you know, in light of these um, jobs to be done or goals that they have, how can we manage their process to make it easier, more seamless? and enable them to do less, you know, do, do more of the work they enjoy and less of the work that they do not enjoy.
1: Um, And I think um kind of to the point of like, we want anybody regardless of their experience in, in video to be able to create videos is kind of like what Canva did uh, for design. So Canva enabled um, any kind of um, team, um, any marketing team or any founder to create good design because they, they've they built it in such a way that um, you don't need the experience. You just need to know what you want and then the, the software does it for you. And so we're taking this to the next level. It's now possible uh, it, because there's there's existing products which enable you anybody to create videos, but they're based on templates, they're, they're very bad, they're very static, they're very stock imagery, and there's no kind of live term. And so we we're enabling this with actually good content and, and actually engaging content.
0: Fantastic. Love the vision and excited to kind of watch it materialize. Thank you both for being here and sharing your story. I know it's really helpful for others that are trying to go through the process as well. Also, we're excited to see where it goes from here. And hopefully we can do some update episodes as well, too, as you continue to kind of grow and develop. Um, Let us know if there's anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up this episode. And then beyond that, love for you both to share more about where our listeners can go to learn more or experience the product and connect with either or both of you.
1: Oh, um, anything? Anything we missed him? I think I think that was uh, the majority. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I think we'd love to, to hear from, from from anybody who's kind of um interested in in the space in terms of um working in it. We're going to be hiring very soon as well. So, um, like looking for the the most talented engineers who've got experience working with the the new uh, era of AI, but um, ideally can can work along the a whole, across the full stack. Uh, we're very an engineering. A focused company. Uh, like engineering is like kind of the the DNA of, of what we do. Uh, very much focused on, on tech, being at the forefront of the tech and shipping very quickly. Um so if that's something you are interested in, we'd definitely love to talk to you. Um and in terms of where you can find us, we are on LinkedIn. Um, yep, yeah, on, on LinkedIn, our personal is latte social, and then also our website is latte.social.
2: Yeah. And as for any um Heads of content, heads of marketing who are out there, you know, if you're experiencing some pain related to video production, video management, um, or even video distribution, feel free to reach out to you. We'd love to, you know, listen to your feedback, understand your specific problem, and hopefully to build
0: something for you. Very good. Thank you, Michael. Maltem. I appreciate you both being here.
1: Thanks a lot, Sean. Great Thank to be here.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Product Launch. I hope you got value out of it. I like to feature product people on my podcast because that's who I love to help. I'm a product strategist and I can help you scale your business and grow your profit through a product. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you, email me at sean at nextstep.io at sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io, or visit my website at nextstep.io. That's nxtstep.io. Hey, folks. Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than seven hundred fifty dollars. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash b2bsass.